Welcome. You're listening to the Malcontent News Russia-Ukraine War Podcast, the show that cuts through the fog of war and updates you about the ongoing conflict in Ukraine. With your host, Linnea Hubbard. Don't forget to like, comment and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and Google Podcasts. I'm Linnea Hubbard and today is Tuesday, May 16th, 2023. It's been 3,366 days since Russia occupied Crimea on February 27, 2014, and 447 days since the large-scale invasion of Ukraine began. Today's podcast looks at what happened yesterday in the Russia-Ukraine war. The Malcontent News Russia-Ukraine War Report is compiled by our team from around the world. Today's report includes information from direct contacts in Ukraine and their proxies, Russian Ministry of Defense reports, the General Staff of the Armed Forces of Ukraine reports, Operational Commands North, South, and East of Ukraine, Open Source Intelligence, our in-house team of analysts and geolocation experts, and pro-Ukrainian and pro-Russian mill bloggers and social media accounts with a track record of trying to be accurate. We have one mission, to report the truth, because the truth matters. Let's start with our assessment of the current status of the war. First, we assess the Russian Federation has changed its tactics for missile and drone strikes, opting to launch a small number of missiles on a more frequent basis and targeting areas with little military value but that appeal to an internal audience as proof of continued successful operations. Second, the rift between the Russian Ministry of Defense, or MOD, and private military company, or PMC Wagner Group, continues to disrupt Russian military operations in the Solidar and Bakhmut operational areas. Third, our assessment that Ukraine had ended its retrograde operation within the city of Bakhmut was inaccurate, with the process of a slow, planned withdrawal continuing despite continued success on the northern and southern flanks. Fourth, In preparation for larger offensive operations, Ukrainian forces continue shaping operations on multiple axes, creating panic and uncertainty among Gauleiters, Russian administrators, and military leaders. Fifth, Russian sources have significantly increased their information warfare through Russian state media, social media, and Russian Ministry of Defense reports, following previous patterns during periods of Ukrainian military successes. And finally, we've identified shaping activity by the Ukrainian armed forces in four locations that could indicate a larger attack is being prepared. Let's get some regional updates, starting with Kharkiv. The Russian MOD reported fighting in Dvorichna, while the General Staff of the Armed Forces of Ukraine, or GSAFU, reported shelling in the area. In our assessment, the Russian MOD is likely exaggerating activity in this particular area. There is conflicting information on the status of Masutivka, with the GSAFU reporting that Russian attacks during the day were repulsed, Ukrainian-aligned source Deep State and Russian mercenary millblogger Rybar reporting the village was captured, and Russian mercenary millblogger Wargonzo reporting that the Russian attacks failed. We adjusted the war map by moving the line of conflict south to Masutivka using terrain analysis and expanded the line of conflict and no-man's land to the east bank of the Oskil River, pending visual confirmation of the Russian advance. The GSAFU reported that Ukrainian positions in Vilshana were attacked by Russian aviation forces. 
Russian forces continued their attempts to advance on Sinkivka and remained unsuccessful. Moving on to the Donbass region in Luhansk. In the Kremina operational area, the Russian MOD reported their troops repelled a Ukrainian attack in the area of Dibrova. Russian collaborator Rodion Miroshnik and Rybar reported that two Ukrainian Storm Shadow cruise missiles struck the city of occupied Luhansk, striking the bus depot and the former military aviation academy. Despite the reports by Miroshnik and Rybar, other Russian propagandists insisted only civilian targets were hit by the missiles, but did not report on injuries or casualties. After the missile strikes, mobile internet was disabled in parts of occupied Luhansk and restricted in other areas. Occupation officials in the city of Luhansk announced that primary and secondary education, as well as instruction at the University of Luhansk, is being moved to remote learning due to, quote, increased shelling. In northeast Donetsk, in the Bakhmut operational area, the Russian MOD reported completing 72 fire missions, and Russian Army Aviation and Air Force, or VKS, completed seven close air support sorties. We currently estimate that Ukrainian forces maintain control of 2.15 square kilometers of Bakhmut, that's about 0.83 square miles, or roughly 5.2% of the city, with PMC Wagner making additional gains in the north districts. While we have reassessed that Ukraine did not end its retrograde operation, Oleksandr Sirsky, the commander of the ground forces of the Ukrainian armed forces, visited the front lines, quote, near Bakhmut, saying that commanders of units and subdivisions are to continue the defense operation using the principles of an active defense. We have specific information we geolocated and date confirmed that shows a Ukrainian advance in or near the Klishivka operational area that we are not sharing at this time to respect operational security, or OPSEC. In northwest Bakhmut, the GSAFU and Worganzo reported that attacks by Russian-aligned forces in the directions of Friurivka, Bohdanivka, and Tromova were unsuccessful. In northern Bakhmut, as we previously assessed in late April, Defense of the residential areas north of Yuvelena Street would be challenging for Ukrainian forces, with PMZ Wagner continuing their efforts to capture Bakhmut despite the deteriorating situation on the flanks. In the supermarket area, fighting has reached Yuvelena Street, while advances toward the Children's Hospital from Levchenko Street continued. We updated the map to reflect these gains. In west central and southern Bakhmut, there were no reported territorial changes with PMC Wagner continuing to attempt to advance towards School No. 2 on Korsunskoho Street and regain lost positions at the Industrial College. Some assessment here. PMC Wagner has a political, propaganda, and financial incentive to complete the capture of Bakhmut, which would enable PMC Wagner leader Yevgeny Prigozhin to declare mission accomplished and withdraw from the Ukrainian theater of war or move to an occupation force and end offensive operations. Either move could enable Wagner Group to preserve its dwindling forces to either negotiate a previously announced withdrawal from Ukraine or reconstitute their combat strength. South of Ivanivsky, both Russian and Ukrainian sources reported continued fighting, with unconfirmed reports of Ukrainian advances. In the Klishivka operational direction, PMC Wagner continued attempts to restore lost positions on the west bank of the Seversky Donetsk Donbass Canal east of Predtechne without success. 
reports that PMC Wagner and Russian forces withdrew from Kleshivka are false. In southwest Donetsk, in the Avdiivka operational area, there were only reports of localized positional fighting near Avdiivka, and in the Marinka operational area, fighting for Marinka was limited to positional fighting with no change in the situation. In Zaporizhia, in the Orekhiv operational area, Orgonzo reported that Russian forces went on the offensive in the direction of Mali Sherbaki and made marginal gains without any supporting evidence. Russian forces completed 88 fire missions and two airstrikes along the line of conflict in the Zaporizhia oblast. In occupied Zaporizhia, Ribar reported that Tokmak was attacked twice with rockets fired by HIMARS without providing additional information. A teenage girl in Melitopol tore down a Russian flag from the wall, tossing it on the floor, with her actions caught on surveillance camera. The girl was forced to make a confession video and apologize, and is facing up to a year in prison. You're listening to the Malcontent News Russia-Ukraine War Podcast. Our team of journalists, researchers, and analysts is funded by readers, listeners, and viewers just like you. To support independent journalism, please consider becoming a patron. You can find us on patreon.com at Malcontent News. In the Black Sea, Crimea, Mykolaiv, and Odessa region, Operational Command South, or OKS, reported that the Black Sea Fleet has nine vessels on patrol, including three frigates and a small missile carrier stationed in the Azov Sea, capable of launching up to 15 missiles in total. Vessels from the Black Sea Fleet launched nine caliber cruise missiles in the direction of Kyiv, with at least one missile launched from the Azov Sea. Four of those caliber cruise missiles were intercepted while in transit over the Mykolaiv Oblast, and we'll talk more about the May 15th and 16th missile attack a little later on in the episode. In western and central Ukraine, Russian forces completed 88 fire missions, firing 407 artillery rounds, mortars, grad and smirch rockets, drone-delivered IEDs, kamikaze drones, and bombs. The city of Kherson was attacked 14 times, with 60 munitions targeting civilians and civilian infrastructure, wounding six. A college building was destroyed when it was struck by at least two Russian kamikaze drones, with officials not releasing information on whether they were Iranian-sourced Shahed-136 or Russian Orion UAVs. Stanislav was heavily shelled by Russian forces, with no injuries reported. In occupied Kherson, a Russian S-24 Tulpan 240mm self-propelled mortar was destroyed near Nechayev by drone-directed counter-battery. In the Cherkasy region, a Shahed-136 kamikaze drone was damaged by air defenses, forcing it to lose flight control and crash, exploding on impact in a remote area. In Ternopil, Ukrainian officials reported that the May 13th and 14th missile strike destroyed the warehouses of the religious organization Light of Reformation and heavily damaged a university building. Two people were wounded in the strike. Claims that depleted uranium rounds for British Challenger tanks were destroyed and spread radiation in Ternopil are absolutely false. In north and northeast Ukraine, in Kyiv, Russian forces launched an intense missile attack on Kyiv using caliber cruise missiles, 
KH-47 Kinzhal hypersonic cruise missiles launched by MiG-31K multi-role fighter aircraft and Iskander-M short-range ballistic missiles, or SRBMs. Ukrainian air defense reported a 100% success rate, downing five-caliber cruise missiles in the Kyiv region, six Kinzals, and three Iskander-Ms. Missile debris from interceptions and air defense landed in five districts within Kyiv, causing minor damage at the zoo, damaging two cars in Darnitsky district, and destroying four buses and a 200-square-meter commercial building. Kyiv Mayor Vitaly Klitschko reported three people were wounded by falling debris in the Solomyan district. Contrary to claims on social media, there is no evidence that a Patriot missile launcher, radar site, command node, or entire battery was damaged or destroyed. Four Khromadas in the Sumy Oblast were shelled by Russian forces, including Bilopilia, Shalakhin, Krasnopil, and Novoslovitsky, targeting 12 border villages. In Bilopilia, 51 mortars and seven artillery rounds were fired across the border. Novoslobitsky was hit by three artillery shells and six mortars, destroying a home and damaging power lines. On the Russian front, in the border villages of Bilgorod, Russian officials have moved dragon's teeth to block roadways while not anchoring the concrete tetrahedrons to the ground. Pictures showed that in less than a year, the half-height tank obstacles are already crumbling. In Kursk, the construction site of a Russian Federal Security Service, or FSB, in Plechovo was attacked by a drone, which dropped four IEDs, wounding five and damaging construction equipment. Let's talk about developments theater-wide and outside Ukraine. The chairman of the Supreme Court of Ukraine, Vsevolod Knyazev, was arrested under suspicion that he took a $3 million U.S. dollar bribe in a bankruptcy case. Kanyazev has been the head of the Supreme Court since December 1, 2021. Another 18 justices are under investigation in a wide-ranging corruption probe, which is aimed at meeting the requirements to join the European Union. Iceland will provide Ukraine with a portable field hospital, stating, quote, We remain committed to supporting the Ukrainian people. End quote. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky, speaking with German Chancellor Olaf Scholz, said that Ukraine was working with Western allies to create a, quote, fighter coalition among nations who are ready to transfer modern military aircraft to the Ukrainian Air Force, but did not provide additional specifics. British Prime Minister Rishi Sunak and President Zelensky discussed the fighter coalition at a meeting in Chequers with Sunak confirming that the United Kingdom would start training Ukrainian pilots, quote, shortly, but would not provide aircraft as the UK does not have available F-16s. Reuters reported that the UK would provide Ukraine with hundreds of air defense missiles and new long-range attack drones with a range of over 200 kilometers. After a May 14th meeting with French President Emmanuel Macron in Paris, Ukrainian officials reported that France would provide the training and a new package of unspecified armored vehicles and AMX-10RC light tanks, also called armored scout vehicles or tank destroyers, that will provision, quote, several battalions of Ukrainian forces. The Washington Post published a story claiming that in January, private military company Wagner Group leader Yevgeny Prigozhin contacted the Defense Intelligence of the Ministry of Defense of Ukraine, or GUR, Chief Kirill Budinov, 
offering to provide the Ukrainian military key information about the Russian military if the Ukrainian military would withdraw from Bakhmut without a fight. The Washington Post article was based on the classified documents leak allegedly committed by Massachusetts Air National Guardsman Airman First Class Jack Teixeira on his Thugshaker Central Discord server. Our team has committed to not analyzing the leaked documents as some of our analysts include retired United States military officers, the veracity of the documents have been compromised by third-party edits, and some of the documents are what-if scenarios that are being taken out of context in the media. The first rule of ethical journalism is to minimize harm, and continued reporting and analysis of the leaked documents is inherently harmful. Since the story was published, the Post has edited the story twice, removing and then republishing quotes from Ukrainian President Zelensky from the article, including where he tells the reporter, quote, Each of these inquiries simply demotivates Ukraine, demotivates certain partners to help Ukraine. Well, one way or another, I just don't understand your goal. End quote. Quick sidebar. I'm going to take a wild guess here that the goal is clicks and ad revenue. Speaking of demotivating, let's talk about Russian military mobilization and Mir. There was an assassination attempt on Igor Kornet, the so-called acting interior minister of the self-declared Luhansk People's Republic, or LNR, at a barber shop where he reportedly followed a predictable pattern of visiting. The bombing wounded four, including Kornet, and killed one. In April 2023, leaked audio recordings from the self-declared leader of the LNR, Leonid Pasechnik, claimed that he had lost control of Cornet, who was running a private force of former police officers who were extorting and terrorizing civilians in the occupied territories, and he had escalated the matter to Russian President Vladimir Putin. GUR spokesperson Andriy Chernyak reported that Russia has stationed up to 152,000 troops, almost half of their entire force presence in Ukraine, in Zaporizhia, in preparation for Ukraine's offensive. Some assessment? If the report is accurate, it indicates that the bulk of Russia's reserve force of 120,000 troops, up to half, have been moved to Zaporizhia, with Russian officials convinced that Ukrainian forces will make a direct assault in the direction of Melitopol. In a 17-minute-long video this time, Prigozhin made a series of claims, including repeating his belief that Ukraine will start its counteroffensive attacking the Russian Federation in Bryansk, Kursk, and Bilgorod, followed by strikes in the Svatova Kremina area and Bakhmut, Horlivka, Donetsk, and the, quote, main attack at Zaporizhia. He skewered the Russian general staff for denying that Ukraine had launched a counteroffensive in Bakhmut and for using language such as, quote, regrouping to more beneficial positions based on combat intelligence. He went on to praise Ukrainian tactics, saying they use, quote, the tactics of smart, educated people, end quote. More assessment here. In trying to find some hidden meaning in Prigozhin's words, again, in our assessment, some people engage in exhausting mental gymnastics, while others dismiss his statements as pure lies. While Prigozhin has obvious political and social influence intentions in his words, he has mostly meant what he has said at face value with little to no hidden meaning. State Duma Deputy Mikhail Matviev has proposed introducing a 1% tax to cafes, restaurants, and nightclubs to help the families of the mobilized and the army, which he argues is not burdensome for the tourism industry and will generate a, quote, huge amount 
of funds across the country. Quick question. What tourism industry? Russian President Putin has instructed the government to reduce the migration of Russian citizens abroad by creating, quote, attractive financial, social, and other mechanisms for retaining human capital and reducing the outflow of the population, end quote, because immigration increased in 2022, quote, under the influence of altered social and economic conditions, end quote. I wonder what could have happened in 2022 that altered the social and economic conditions inside Russia. In war crimes and human rights, Ukrainian officials have signaled they're willing to exchange the ex-leader of Motorsich, Vyacheslav Bogoslayev, for a thousand Ukrainian prisoners of war. Bogoslayev is accused of treason for selling aircraft engines to Russia through shell companies in the so-called Donetsk People's Republic and for hiding military helicopters and spare parts from the Ukrainian military. In geopolitical news, if you've been wondering why we haven't covered the speculative reports that the dark potato prince and illegitimate leader of Belarus, Alexander Lukashenko, is hospitalized, being visited by Moscow doctors, and suffering from organ failure, well, we have a policy of right over first. Lukashenko made a brief propaganda appearance since the Moscow Victory Day parade on May 9th, showing he is quite ambulatory and not, in fact, stuffed with sawdust. While there have been denials from Russian and Belarusian officials that Lukashenko has COVID, our reliable contacts have informed us that Lukashenko is receiving treatment for COVID-19 and a co-infection of an unspecified virus. Li Hui, the Chinese special representative, will be visiting Ukraine on May 16th and 17th, according to anonymous reports, with the Ministry of Foreign Affairs of China stating that Li's itinerary would be published shortly. The ministry had previously announced that Li will also visit Poland, France, and Germany as part of his trip to Europe. Presidential elections in Turkey are heading to a May 28th runoff after no candidate received 50% of the vote. Incumbent Recep Tayyip Erdogan has led the NATO member, Black Sea Grain Initiative participant, and enforcer of the Black Sea Montreux Convention for 20 years, and is a key political player in the Russia-Ukraine war. And that's what we know. Join me again tomorrow for more updates. Until then, stay safe, everyone. You've been listening to the Malcontent News Russia-Ukraine War Podcast. To help keep us independent, please consider providing financial support by becoming a patron. Want on-demand news in your hand? Download the Google News app and make Malcontent News one of your favorites to receive breaking news updates. Thank you for listening.